All righty. Welcome back to the program. The open line number 1300 01 1170. Get us on that text line 0457 736 736. We'll have Adrian Prezenko coming up very shortly before that when stars collide. Nike promotion with Michael Jordan and SK Warren. And a lot of awkward moments and Shane Keith wearing a dodgy white Nike woolen vest. Brett from Kingsgrove. I think I remember that. I think I remember him. Did he go to the Nike place in the USA to do that? Superstars collide. The Queen, Black Caviar, says Graham. That's a good nomination too. I think the, I think the line from PG Moody was uh, Queen of England, meet the Queen of Australia. So um, that's not bad, isn't it, when uh, Black Caviar run, uh, won at Royal Ascot. So keep those text messages coming in. Adrian Prezenko is the Chief Rugby League Reporter for the Sydney Morning Herald. He's on the line, as he is every Thursday. G'day, AP. Yes, Jimmy, how are you? Mate, really well, really well. Uh, what about this ad, mate? It took me a while to find it. You've sent it through. I, I checked it out. The ad promoting no helmets, no breaking play. What do we make of the, the launch into the United States market? Um, I love the ad. I think it plays upon this idea of, um, you know, the, the physicality of the game, the brutality of the game. Um, and like my experience in, you know, with rugby league in America, and I, I went to the Denver test in 2018, and in speaking to the locals who had watched the game for the first time, they couldn't get their heads around the fact that there aren't any helmets, there's no shoulder pads or any other padding, and that these people are crashing into each other with the G-forces of a car crash. You know, we're talking about sort of 9-10G at times. Um, and so that was obviously a big part of the, the ad, as well as the, the tri-scoring element, Jimmy, and particularly the spectacular put-down. So I think it's, it's perfect for the American market. It was interesting that, you know, um, I posted this story on the Herald website and some of the feedback, and there was lots of sort of comments, well over 100, and someone was saying, what about CTE and brain injury and concussion, which um, obviously was the only sort of negative with this ad. But I, I think the way they've, they've cut it together and, and done it, I think it's terrific. So just on that, um, and, and you're getting a lot of response, but that's in the, you know, you're fishing where the fish are. We, we want to get hold of the... Uh, the people in the US, where, do we know where the release is? Like what sort of spend, advertising spend is is going with this for the NRL in the USA? Well, I, I don't know how much the NRL are outlaying, but the idea is that this is going to be shown on their Fox One channel and potentially in Las Vegas as well um, before uh, NFL games or during NFL games. So it's just their way to try to bring attention to the fact that this, historic doubleheader is coming to town. So, you know, they want this, they want at least one NRL game uh, shown on, on Fox 1, I think, is the goal. And then if not, uh, getting some of the other games shown on Fox 2, the other channel over there. So that's, if, if we're going to go over there and make an impression, they need to be seeing it, not just for one or two games, but every yep. single week. And that's the goal of the, you know, Peter Volandis and Andrew Abdo. Yeah, and I don't mind that. Give it away for free if you have to. Formula One did it with great success, and now uh, they've kicked many goals uh, for lots of different reasons. Um, they're all in Vegas at the moment, thoroughly enjoying themselves. So uh, I'm looking now at the NRL-NFL combine-type situation that we're looking at, and I'm, and I'm trying to work out what are the stated aims of the National Rugby League when it comes to the USA? Because I thought it was 
eyeballs and then gambling dollars. I didn't think participation, and I certainly didn't think elite-level participation was part of it. Well, that is a part of a part of their their strategy, and I think you've you've talked about the the two key planks, and that is gambling revenue, new fans. But look, the NRL wants to go into Vegas, and they don't want to walk away empty-handed. And if there's an opportunity to get a hold of some of those elite athletes, and we're talking about college athletes, normally about fifteen thousand um, want to go to a you know uh, to the combine. About four hundred and ninety get a chance to go. And out of that, only 243 get drafted. So that leaves you the best part of 14,500 athletes who have trained all their lives in state-of-the-art facilities. They've played college football in front of packed arenas. They can handle pressure. They also know how to handle a, a playbook, so to speak. Like, it, you know, it's the rugby league's a much simpler game to pick up without having to do all of the, um, you know, homework, so to speak, that you need to do if you want to be a quarterback. And the sorts of athletes that the NRL will be looking at, they're not looking for playmakers. They're not looking for you know, halves, you know, pivots and, and that sort of stuff. They'd be looking at wingers, outside backs and potentially some back rowers. And I'm just doing a bit of work around this, Jimmy, in, in looking at the sorts of um, tests that you would put through these athletes um, if yes. you were to host a combine. So you'd be doing stuff like a... A 40-meter sprint, and if you know, if you want to do that, if if you want to keep up with your Jason Saabs and Ronaldo Mulatalos, you'd you'd be wanting to do about a four and a half second 40 meters. And of course, in America, they often talk about the 40 yards, but in the NRL, they do the 40 meters. Um, you know, they do a, a vertical jump as well. That's a, a fairly standard um, thing that you see at NFL combines, where depending on which position you'd want to. Um, sort of hit 89 to 102 centimetres. Uh, yeah, bench press, you know, uh, an NRL athlete. like So over there, they probably do 225 pounds, which is 122 kilos. They want to bench that as often as possible. And depending on what position you are, like if you're a running back, you'd probably do between 20 and 25 times. If you're a, a, a you know, 105, 110 kilogram back rower, you might want to do sort of, 10 to 12 would be, a, or 10 to 15 would be a pretty good um, metric for that. So there's all these different things, uh, you know, squats, you know, you might want to do 150 kilograms, two to three reps if you're a, an NRL back roll. So these are the sort of um, boxes that you need to tick. And all of a sudden, then you throw them into some, some drills, some one-on-ones, some, uh, two-on-ones, some three-on-twos. If you're, um, you know, an outside back, if you want to be a winger, they, they might use a ball machine to hoist some bombs at you um, and they'll see how you cope under that. So you've got a lot, of, a lot of players there that can potentially hit all of these marks and, you know, hopefully we can encourage a couple to come over and give themselves a try, try out in the NRL. You know, that reminds me of my great friend at the Western Suburbs, Magpies, who then went on to be a premiership-winning front rower with the Brisbane Broncos, Harvey Howard, who used to say, there's no point being able to lift a cow if you can't catch it, which I was still sort of trying to work out what he was meaning by that 20 years later. But now I think now I think I do understand. Um, all right, let's move forward. Uh, Ray Faye Taylor Mariner. Uh, he was apparently spotted doing the downward dog at a yoga session on Wednesday, did some training on Tuesday. He's back in the kennel. Yeah, this has been an ongoing one. So um, last January, they thought highly enough of him to make him the club captain. 
the suggestion is that um, you know a couple of his fellow teammates confided in him and said, "Listen, we're we're not um, you know particularly happy with the culture or some of the things that we're doing at training." When uh, Fatala Mariner relayed that to um, the powers that be at Canterbury, depending on whose version of events you listen to, the suggestion is you may they may have shot the messenger. Um, so he's sort of been on the outer. Um, initially, they said, um, don't turn up to pre-season training. Uh, there's been a thawing of sorts in that they said, yep, come along. And he's been there the last couple of days. Um, he's, of course, contracted for the next couple of years. And the interesting situation is is that what the, the Bulldogs are bulging at the seams. Like they've got all 30 spots sewn up. And we know yep. that they're trying to get Siwa Taukayaho back from the English Super League. There's not a spot for him as it stands. So potentially there was, I think the Bulldogs are hoping, well, if we can move on for Taylor Mariner, that opens up a spot for, for Siwa. Um, that hasn't happened. Whether or not there are some other people that are perhaps tapped on the shoulder or told you're not going to be um, in, in first grade if you decide to, to stay put, we'll have to wait and see. But look, it's just been, it's been ugly. It's been a, you know, uh, I just hope that there's some sort of a resolution and, whether that means um, a partial or full payout of his contract, or it could go the other way and they say, um, you know, we are actually going to pick you. But it sort of feels like with the RLPA involved, they've invited him back to training just to um, tick the box, so to speak. Uh, all right. Uh, now, I just want to take you to boxing because I know you love your boxing as well. You cover that for the Sydney Morning Herald. Dylan Biggs, is he any chance of beating Nikita Zoo? He doesn't drink. He's... Got a 10-0 and 0 record, seven of them by knockout. And the other one, Jai Opataya, uh, vision coming through overnight. He is going to fight in Saudi Arabia on December 24, Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Time. He's up against undefeated Brit Ellis Zora. So he's putting his IBF and Ring Magazine cruiserweight belt on the line. Yes, and he's doing it on the undercard of uh, Deontay Wilder's um, clash as well. So um, hopefully... He gets a platform because he deserves one. Um, yeah. He was just so impressive in his in his first title defence. I think he's probably one of the best kept secrets in not just Australian boxing but Australian sports. So, um, and he's the best cruiserweight in the world. There's no doubt about that. So hopefully um, he comes through undefeated and um, earns a bit of a, a, a following. As to Nikita Zoo, yeah, really interesting one because. Uh, you could argue that potentially he's, you know, maybe even a, a tad in front of um, Tim Zhu at the same time in his career. Like, I think it's now, what, his seventh or eighth fight now, um, undefeated. Uh, and Dylan Biggs is going to be his biggest test, also undefeated, has more experience. And I just want to see the evolution of Nikita Zhu's game insofar as I think um, he's been a bit careless in the past. His fights are wildly entertaining, and that's because he's prepared a copper punch in order to, to give one. And we need to see less butcher and a little bit more science. Um, and we, he, he showed a little bit of that in his last fight, but that's probably the area that he really needs to focus on if he is going to make a big career and go anywhere near as far as Tim is. Mm, very interesting, always, always. Uh, yeah, Jai Opatay, as you say, uh, great that he's getting these fights and... Uh... Thoroughly deserves it as well. We'll be watching closely on December 24. Thank you, AP. Appreciate it, mate. You have a good week. We'll chat again next week. Will do. Thanks, Jimmy.
Adrian Prezenko there with all the latest in the world of rugby league and boxing. Give us your thoughts on that as well. 0457 736 736. All right, let's break. We're late, of course. And then we're back with the score update.